Hey, everybody! Hey, guys! This is a PTG Powercast. We're on the road. On the road again. Yes, Paul and I are on the way to Green Bay during our uh, game hunt. Yes, we are going to be hunting in a location that we have not uh, we have not hit in, God, a long time. So uh, we're going to see what we can find. Well, that's has nothing to do with this. <laughs> that's that's going to be in the video. We don't have to worry about this. This this is the Power Trip Gaming Powercast. Powercast. So we're doing this because we were talking about something interesting, and we thought you guys should hear it. However, we are driving, so if there are noises, there there'll be some background noise. Just kindly ignore it because we're recording this off my phone. <laughs> Obviously, we don't have a mic set up or whatever. They don't need to know that. All right, fair enough. Jesus. So we were talking about GameStop and and just how they came about and just our memories about it and just over the years our experiences there and how how much that company has really changed over the years and stuff like that yes yes good good addition hey <laughs> so i my i remember gamestop when it turned when it was uh elect software etc oh my god <laughs> So I obviously everyone knows GameStop was a culmination of Funko Land, software, etc., and Electronics Boutique. Maybe they don't. Maybe they, they don't. Not. So yes. So GameStop, what we know as GameStop now is actually it was three different companies that were all put together under the same umbrella. It was Funko Land, software, etc., and Electronics Boutique. So back then you saw a lot of like software, etc., and Electronics Boutique. They all looked the same. Way, well, they were all owned by the same parent company, and then it all kind of got wrapped into GameStop, and so then that's why the Funko Lands went away, the Electronics Boutiques went away, um, because now it's all under the umbrella of GameStop, and they're all just called GameStop. Yeah. So this this conversation we had came about because Paul recently went to Canada for work, and he said when he was up there. He actually encountered... I saw EB Games. A surviving electronics boutique. I cannot believe that what I saw, and I'm, I'm wondering if they're still known as, as EB Games in Canada, or if it was just one that just, I don't know, was not ever... Uh, was not ever converted, yeah. It was it was just... It, it brought back a flood of memories to see it as EB Games. Oh, yeah. Just because it's been so long. Yeah, I used to go there as a child all the time at Software, etc. We used to go there. I, we talked about this in the Fall of the Mall episode, where we our our, our uh, routine was to go to Aladdin's Castle, the arcade, play a shitload of arcade games, get hyped up on the gaming high, and then we would go to Software, etc. And just it was like a wonderland of games. I mean, they had at that time it was like PlayStation One. And I want to say my earliest memory is when, like, PS... Well, yeah, it was PS1. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when those kind of started to come out. I remember they had things for Saturn. I, I don't remember a lot of Dreamcast. Well, Dreamcast wasn't until 1999. Yeah. So maybe there was... Well, no, there was still... Well, that was GameStop at that point by then, wasn't it? Or I not don't quite. believe so. No, not quite. No, it wasn't. My older brother used to work at GameStop. Well, it was Electronics Boutique, or Software, etc. at the time. And then it turned into GameStop while he was working there, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. So that's why I, like, it gets kind of fuzzy around 
like the merging point, but I remember seeing a lot of the, especially PS1, because I remember very vividly seeing Diablo 1 and thinking this game looks fucking awesome oh on the my PS1. Oh god, on the PS1. Yeah. I forgot that they actually did a console release of that game. They did, which is, oh, wow. which there's a little bit of a tangent. People were kind of hoping at Blizzard, at the BlizzCon, that maybe, you know, if, all right, well, if we're not going to be talking about fucking Diablo 4, how about a remake of Diablo 1? You know, well, we know how that went. <laughs> but, um... Surprise, it's called Diablo Immortal. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um... Yeah, so... Over the, obviously, we all went. We both went to Funko Land too, where you got the paper ad that told you it listed all the games they had in their library and and every, how much everything cost. It, did, it didn't list trade in value because I'm pretty sure Funko Land you could trade in. Yes, you could. Yeah, and it was that was one of the few few outlets where you actually could sell games because back in the day you couldn't. Like GameStop is very prevalent now in their pre-owned section, but like back in the day. It was the only outlet for pre-owned games. It, yeah, it really was. Other other than just literally doing the classic, uh, having a rummage sale, garage sale, selling a game to your friend or, or anything like that, there wasn't... Uh, I mean, really early on when we were growing up, like around that, that era, um, eBay, I don't think, started until 1995. So, it, so you really didn't even have like online... Uh, services that you could do to put your your items up for sale, and, um, and even with that, like people were so leery of eBay off the bat because oh yeah. I'm sure like all I ever heard was a lot of like the scams mm-hmm. because I don't think they quite had that protection that they do now. Well, or that refund policy that you could get if somebody fucking duped you. Well, it wasn't even just that; it's just the fact that if somebody did dupe you, um, I think eBay in the beginning didn't really have like the legal team and the and the legal expertise. Yeah. That they do now to help the individual get their their yeah. their money back, their their item back, whatever it was. They didn't quite have the arbitration system that they do now. Correct. Yeah. So, like I said, for all intents and purposes, Funko Land and and software, etc., were pretty much the only real outlets you had to sell games back. Mm-hmm. And you would get actually back in the day, you got a pretty good chunk of change for them. It wasn't quite. Uh, as cheap as it is now. No. Right? Buy a game True. for 16 or getting maybe $4 back at best. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, then eventually, around... What year would you say they merged, did you say? Um, I would say it was around 2000 and... It was before we 2001, I think. 2001, maybe. Yeah, even 2002 weird. is when they is, is when they all merged, when they all went away. Yes. So then they turned into GameStop, the juggernaut of gaming. So they were still riding the high of, of pre-owned and, and new games and stuff like that. Then they got a competitor, sort of. Sort of. <laughs> so it's so funny because at the time, Game Crazy was a, a an up-and-coming, I guess, uh, retro or used video game store that had... I don't know if it was its own entity, but I'm pretty sure that it, it was born out of a rental place uh, called Hollywood Video, because yes. it seemed like every game crazy was connected to a Hollywood Video uh, store. And so, I'm, if memory serves correctly, they really came onto the scene around late 2003, 2004, and it was around that time that GameStop had de- 
decided that they were not going to sell the the oldest generation of retro games anymore, like Nintendo, Super Nintendo, uh, Sega Genesis. They were going to only focus on on like new releases and and, and newer games, like PlayStation One titles and and PS Two uh, and Xbox game. Uh, 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 Dreamcast as well. Yeah. Um, that's all they were going to focus on, and so Game Crazy kind of picked up the pieces then of that uh, those games because they were then selling the retro uh, console games, the Nintendos, the Game Boys, the the uh, Genesis, all those games, and so they kind of picked up the pieces. They really weren't at that point then competing head to head with GameStop because. They were offering something that GameStop wasn't, but yeah. but still GameStop was its own entity, and, and I think people were still going to them because they were pretty much the definitive uh, place for video games. Well, you did have a lot of people who may have shopped at, at uh, Walmart for video games or other uh, big... Toys uh, R Us. Yeah, Toys R Us, uh, big, uh, big companies like that. It was still GameStop that was still primarily your your source for anything video game. Mm-hmm. And so then fast forward to around 2007. So what Game Crazy then decided to do was they were following in suit with what GameStop did, and then they started to uh, they started to to uh, try to get rid of their uh, or to cycle out their retro games. So they did this this wonderful uh, this wonderful <laughs> sale where it was all retro games were three for ten dollars. Oh boy, did you take advantage of oh that sale? Oh my god, did I get some gems for the system? Yes. This honestly, that era or that that particular time span, I would say, is where you picked up the bulk of your collection. It was well, but it was so bittersweet because when I remember first learning about the. The three for ten sale, the quote unquote three for ten sale that they had, um, I thought, oh my god, this is the greatest thing ever. Why are their games so cheap? Mm. Because it was really in early 2007 when I when I learned about it, and so I just thought it was it was all great, everything's good, and it wasn't until I think three or four months later where one of the uh, the people who worked at the uh, at a game crazy. They had said, yeah, the reason why we're doing this 3 for 10 sale is because we're cycling out all of our old uh, retro stock because we're going to focus primarily on uh, on the later releases, uh, PS, uh, at that time, yeah, stuff, PS3, yeah. Xbox 360, uh, Wii, um, and so it was so bittersweet just finding these great deals but knowing that retro gaming was basically, if you wanted to buy retro video games, you had to find a mom-and-pop store, or you then had to go to uh, eBay, or at the time, I don't even think Amazon really was, it wasn't really a big place for buying retro stuff, so it was really just primarily eBay if you wanted to do it online. Um, It was such a shame, because Game Crazy was such a cool store. It really was. I picked up so many good titles at Game Crazy. I got Final Fantasy 3 for the for the Super Nintendo for about 25 bucks. I got Chrono yep. Trigger for about 25, 25 yeah, bucks. Um, I want to say I got Mystic Quest there. I got maybe even Final Fantasy 2? No, I don't think I own 2. I don't know. I got quite a few games there. Oh. I know. I, uh, this is a good story, actually, about Game Crazy. Do you remember... Uh, what, what game was it? The whole... Um, uh, 
I don't know the game, but you're gonna have the box. <laughs> Super Street Fighter 2 for the Sega Genesis, you asshole. Why don't you regale us of that tale? <laughs> so, they had a, uh, a copy, or so I thought, of Super Street Fighter 2 for the Sega Genesis. And uh, I think it was only like it, it was cheap. It was like four ninety nine, maybe maybe five ninety nine, um, but it, it, it wasn't more than ten dollars, whatever it was. And so the guy hands me the box, and I open it up, and there's no game inside. And so I'm, I'm thinking to myself, um, do you, is the game behind the counter? And so then he's looking, he's looking, he's looking, can't find it. And I'm just like, uh, okay. <laughs> So then I'm like, do you, do, you, do you want this box back? He's like, well, I mean, we don't have the game, but you could just, you could have the box. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, swell. <laughs> Thanks for uh, for this wonderful box. How that, do they have the box but not the game? That Clearly beats, the game would have came with the box. That beats the hell out of me unless they got like a humongous amount of games oh, and just maybe. never checked if they, if they had a box, which at some point you would think that the game would have had to have been opened to see if all the contents were in there. You would think so. You would think. But they didn't. No. Well, didn't that same thing happen to you with Psychic Detective? Or was that through something else? No, was that, that was... No, that was... It was it was Game Crazy as well, too. And what ended up happening was I had... During the 3 for 10 sale, uh, I had bought Psychic Detective... Which is, it's a pretty rare game, actually, on the PlayStation 1. But it was a three-disc game, and I did not realize that at the time. And so they had given me two discs of, of the game. And so I got back home, and I was going to play the game. And then I looked at the disc, the, the one disc, and it said disc two. Uh-oh. And so then I looked at the other one, I'm like, oh, this must be disc... No, it's not disc one, it's disc three. Oh, I'm like, God! I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Disc two and disc three, but I don't have disc one, and so I literally drove back to Game Crazy and I said, "Oh, you you guys forgot to give me a, a disc with this game." It's I, I guess apparently it's a three disc game, and, and I've only got disc two and three. And so then they look back at their counter, and they're like, "Ah, we can't find disc one." I'm like, "Well, then what the hell am I supposed to do with this game? Like, I can't play it." Like it was, it would be one thing if you gave me disc one and two. At least right. I could play up to that yeah. point, but I can't play a game with disc two and disc three. And so, yeah, so it was, it, it ended up being kind of a running gag. What a yeah. story. So, but, uh, but yeah, when, when Game Crazy stopped, when they cycled out their, their games, their, their retro games, and they just focused solely on, on the, the newer generation uh, titles and systems, um, that was when they went into the into the ring directly with GameStop where they were now competing head to head with GameStop because they were doing the same thing and offering the same services that GameStop was and it literally only took about I would say a year maybe a year and a half tops for them to uh, completely just fold up at that point oh yeah it wasn't even a fight yeah and then and yeah they just they went out just yeah with a with a a whimper so (laughs) yeah definitely Definitely wasn't a fight at it by any means, but that's funny because now that I think about like the psychic detectives thing and, and this Super Street Fighter Two thing and all that, it's like it kind of brings me brings me to the thought of like when you got 
when you got the Musha, yeah, uh, the Musha debacle where you bought Musha from GameStop, yeah, when th- back maybe what was that a year ago? Uh, yeah, a couple yeah. years. Year I think ago? I think it may have been. Uh, I don't know. It was no, no. It was uh, last year, last uh, last August or September. Oh, actually. maybe. Yeah. Was it? No, it felt like it was like in April. Because there was it was like heavy rain, but it was still really cold. Oh, you're no, you're right. It was it was more of yeah. It may have been April or May, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was 2017. I remember. That's right. Because that was back when GameStop. I remember when they made the announcement, we're going to be selling retro again. Since now that retro gaming is in such fashion again, yeah. And I mean, it's lucrative for it mom and pop stores and shit like that. That you know, GameStop was like, oh fuck it, we got warehouses of this crap. Let's uh, <laughs> let's try, let's try to pick up some of that slack where we're falling. And and sure enough, you know, speaking of quality assurance, like uh, Game Crazy should have had, Paul bought. What he thought at the time was Musha for the Sega Genesis. If anybody wants to see the whole story to that, uh, go to YouTube, PowerTripGaming.tv, and look up the Musha video under the Beyond the Games section. It'll give you the play-by-play of the exact experience that we're talking about. I, on the other hand, will not be watching it because I don't want to relive that moment. Oh, it was funny. That was terrible. But that that's that whole idea of the Super Street Fighter 4 we, we don't have the game but we have the, you have the box it's like mm-hmm. that kind of reminded me of that and we were talking about like could you imagine if that was your job at GameStop is to test the games to make sure they work you know what I mean yeah because it's like how does that happen where you have a, a higher tier game like Musha but it's not Musha like how does that happen where especially at a GameStop like that just seems stupid to me yeah. That somebody didn't think, hey, before I pay the... I can't imagine what he I, got for a trade-in. Before I put... Yeah, before I put this really super expensive game on the on the shelf, I should probably test it out just to make sure that nobody's going to get screwed over because this could really screw us over yeah. for, for future sales of this said individual who ends up getting this. Which, by the way, I have not actually shopped at that GameStop since the whole Musha debacle. So they literally lost thousands of dollars uh, of business from me on a $160 mistake. You're the reason they're folding or they're going under. <laughs> Maybe. Single-handedly. Yes. Just just ball. <laughs> no, but the, it was just the, the idea of the, that's your job all day long is you go in and you test games. But you were telling me like that's, that might not be the peaches and gravy I'm thinking of. Well, I think as, as, as far as it goes, I mean, for one, I would hate to be the one who tests those games because, especially if it's a retro game, you don't want to test a, a retro game for two minutes just to make sure it works. It's like you're gonna want to keep on playing it, so that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna suck that you can't actually keep on playing it. But uh, but two, no, it's what ended up happening is that GameStop when they got back into the retro market, um, it, it sounded like there was some some talk that. Uh, the reason why there was so many of these issues that were going on is because they were giving the people who were supposed to be testing these at wherever their wherever their testing facility was, they were giving them unreasonable expectations where they had to do they had to test systems, test games, uh, so many of them per hour, and it just was unfeasible in order to like to test everything thoroughly, and that's why so many different issues kind of went through and and were able to, to surface during that time. Mm. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's kind of ridiculous. But like I said, I mean, I if it was me and I knew that I had a, a deadline or a, a time limit of I had to get done as many games as I possibly could, um, I possibly not, I don't want to necessarily defend them, but I probably would have done the same thing where if I put in a Sega Genesis game and I turn that thing on and I see the Genesis logo or the Sega logo coming up, uh, power's going off and I'm like, yep, I tested, it works game works. I don't know if that's actually the game that it's saying that it's supposed to be, but it, it works. Yeah. That's so, crazy. Yeah. But, so Paul and I were talking too about just GameStop in general, because obviously they were enormous juggernauts. Because, like we had mentioned many times, they were one of a kind at the time. Yeah. They were the only ones that, that did what they do, and they were good at it. However, you fast forward to you know, now PS3, PS4, where now you can start buying games in other from other avenues, they might not be doing as well as they think. Well, it's or not as even, well as they should be. It's not even just other avenues. It's that uh, it's uh, the digital age is, I think, in full swing, uh, and it's it's definitely upon us. It's not one of those things where people are saying that video games might go to the digital age. It's we're already there, and I think mm-hmm. we're really in the thick of, of this this new uh, gaming age. And uh, as most of you may already be aware, um, there's a lot of different videos on YouTube of uh, of the information. But uh, GameStop for this past uh, uh, Black Friday sale, they uh, did not do as well as they were hoping, but they also seemed to shoot themselves in the foot too because they underestimated how many people were actually going to be uh, they were going to be shopping there. And uh, when the smoke cleared, they lost over five hundred million dollars in this last uh, this last sale. So I mean, it's they are they're just they're hemorrhaging money at this point, and they just can't keep up because they are in the digital age where. They used to thrive in the physical resale used video game market, and there just isn't as much of a used video game market as there used to be. No, especially now since back then you used to go, you used to buy pre-owned because it was cheaper. Yeah, it's like okay, so maybe the game's not brand new, but you know what? Fuck it, like mm-hmm. I, I can still play it. What difference does it make? So I'll, I'll spend 10, 15 bucks cheaper than what it would be brand new. You know, if a game is 60 or 70, chances are I can get it pre-owned for 40. Like, that kind of shit. Yeah. But now, and especially with, Jesus, and I just thought of this, with the, like, the advent of um, DLC. Oh, yeah. Downloadable content and microtransactions and all that kind of shit. Okay. There's really almost no reason to buy pre-owned anymore unless it's a game that doesn't have that kind of stuff because you see a lot of newer games now are coming with downloadable codes to get something like um i bought destiny the first destiny for the ps4 i had ps4 yeah yeah yeah. so that game now is 100 worthless to me like i'm never gonna play it and even if i do trade it in i'd be lucky to get a dollar because one, nobody's fucking playing it anymore. And two, like, if there were download codes that came with it, you don't have many. I, yeah. They've they're been on used. your system, yeah. Yeah, they've been. They're on my system. They've been used. What's the point of buying a pre-owned Destiny? Yeah, there isn't. And to be honest, a lot of games are like that. Um, Bayonetta, 
for the Switch is that way. Uh, Bayonetta comes with Bayonetta 1 and 2. 2 is the actual cart. Bayonetta 1 was a digital download. So what good does it do to have the cart when you're only going to get 2 and Bayonetta 1 was redeemed already? Yeah. Because, and actually they have an interesting system too where you can, um, Nintendo has like a my rewards thing where okay I'll let, I'm going home I'm I bought Valkyria Chronicles Four for the Switch I plug the card in you can go under the my Nintendo thing they actually give you like what they call them gold coins it's it's money to oh, okay. spend in the yeah. eShop oh sure so every game you buy either digitally or physically and you put the card in gives you money back to spend on other games. That's really cool. It's awesome. Yeah. And, I mean, it's never, like, a shit ton of money. It's, like, no, 75 but, cents, no, but 40 still, cents to a dollar. You're going to buy the game anyways, so you're getting yeah. something back for it when you were going to do it anyways. Yeah. That's so cool. what I found out, and the reason I will never buy a pre-owned Switch game anymore, is because I got home, I bought a pre-owned Switch game, I plugged it in, tried to do the my Nintendo thing, because I've never had it. It says the codes are, or it says the, the thing's already been redeemed. Oh, so you don't even get that money. I don't get the money. Yeah. Which really, it's not that big of a deal. I still have the game. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. But it's that one weird little thing that's like, well, it's new to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like I had... It's not like it's it's the same account and I'm trying to, like, cheat the system. Like, yeah, sure. No, it, it's... Mm-hmm. So, like, even buying pre-owned Switch games is kind of pointless. If you're going for that, I guess. But yeah, yeah. It's... I don't know. Like, there's so many ways that make... Buying pre-owned kind of obsolete at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I, it it really comes down to, and I, I'm sure a lot of people are saying this too, is that I mean, GameStop is. I think they finally hit the end of the road where it's. I think this is the beginning of the end, and I am willing to bet that you are not going to see GameStop in two years' time. I think that GameStop is actually going to be on the verge of bankruptcy and if they're not gone by then they will be gone shortly thereafter because they just they can't compete in this digital age that we're in now and it was seven years ago that ThinkGeek that was yeah that ThinkGeek started coming up like into the the GameStop stores because they already had started seeing that tip of the iceberg was was the used game sales, which used to be their bread and butter, were not doing as well because, again, you could buy games on the PlayStation Network or Xbox Live. You didn't have to buy the physical copies, and so therefore, they're not selling used copies, and they're not getting used copies. Oh my god, hold on a second. Big truck. So seven years ago, uh, GameStop stores, you started seeing Think Geek products where it was like gamer gear. It was statues. Mm-hmm. It was action figures. It was the pop like paraphernalia. Figures. Paraphernalia, yeah. It's this random stuff that used to kind of pop up in a small corner of the of the store because the the used game uh, the used game sales that they they used to have used to be their bread and butter, but then they weren't doing so well. So they thought, okay, well, let's bring in something else and we'll supplement that income, that lost revenue with with this. Yeah. And now ThinkGeek products. When it used to be just in kind of like a small, almost like a kiosk type thing there, um, now it literally takes up half to maybe even three fourths of the store. Yeah. Because there's just not a market for used games anymore. Yeah. Or at least what GameStop is selling, and it's unfortunate because they're going out the way of Toys R Us, where times have changed, and and 
gaming has evolved, but GameStop has not evolved with those times. And I'm not even sure, 100%. I don't think it can. If they could have evolved with it. I will say, another thing I thought of, too, um, reasons not to really buy pre-owned is uh, on the PS4, you can get PS4 Plus. And I know Xbox has the Xbox Gold and all that kind of shit. Well, with PS4 Plus, they'll roll out games for you for free. For just for free. Oh, wow. As long as you are a PS Plus member, you have access to these games for free. Oh, wow. I got Darksiders. I got Darksiders 2 completely free. Oh, cool. Yeah. I, I've actually downloaded a lot of really good games for free. And like I said, what's the point of going to a GameStop and buying them if you can even fucking find half of these games? Yeah. If I'm just going to get them for free anyway. Mm-hmm. Which I suppose really, if you kind of think about it, PS Plus isn't exactly free, so it's you're kind of paying a monthly subscription. So, essentially, once I'm done with huh. PS4, if that happens, those games are going to be unplayable anyway. Yeah, but how uh, how much is a subscription? Uh, like, what is the monthly cost? Is it, like... Three, uh, I don't know. If you want to say it's, like, 70 or 80 for a year. Oh, for a year? Maybe. So, honestly... 60 for a year? I'm not quite sure what it is. So, honestly, if you get a couple free games, I mean, it's, it's basically paying for itself at that point. Yeah, pretty much, I would say. But that was the other thing I had thought of. Yeah. But you're right. ThinkGeek has definitely, like... I want to say bought them sometime. It's but now it's it's you you really don't see the kind of punch GameStop used to have anymore. Yeah, no, because I remember going there a couple times and looking for a game only to come up only to come out of the store empty-handed because they either don't have what I'm looking for or it's like expensive. Yeah. So I really didn't see the point of buying it. I don't know. It's. They've definitely, I, I, you're right, their swan song is coming, and it's it's another one of those things, man, where you and I are we're going to see the end of another era. Yeah. I mean, we saw the end of malls. Well, small malls, I guess. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it's another one of those things where it's, you just never really thought that, I mean, <laughs> Toys R Us was always going to be that toy store that was going to be there for you. Uh, Sears was always that... <laughs> definitive like department store that was always going to be around mm-hmm. um hell GameStop was always going to be that definitive video game store where you went for all your video game supplies and, and games and, and needs and it's we're seeing one by one that these things that we always thought were going to be around are just not there anymore and they're going to be in our lifetime we're going to see their demise and it's just it's, yeah. it's so surreal to uh, to just I don't know to, to be a witness to it. Yeah, it's it's very strange. So we'll uh, so close with a with a question then to to you and to the listeners out there too is what do you think if anything do you think that anything would ever take GameStop's like place in the future besides like Amazon like do you think that so okay so let me let me uh, explain so Toys R Us. Yes. They when they shut down, all of a sudden, uh, you remember KB Toys? Yeah. They made this announcement that they were going to come back into the toy industry, and right. they were going to then come back into mall spaces and start operating again because the world needs a toy store. Um, Which then, really, I don't see the point. I don't. Well, I don't think it's going to happen. But I'm just saying. No. And then you know the uh, Halloween Express right. stores. So the same company or the same whoever owns that the same company they were going to do a pop-up 
uh, toy stores for Christmas. So it's like you have the Halloween oh, costumes and yeah, stuff like that, and yeah. then during the Christmas season, they'll take, they'll occupy those same areas, but then they'll have like Christmas themed things like toys and all this other stuff for like Christmas. Oh. And um, and so like so with one, I don't know, one staple just kind of leaving the arena. Do you think that something's going to take its spot? So with GameStop, when it eventually folds and goes out of business, closes up, do you think that anything will take its place? That's, a, that's honestly, a good question. And honestly, if you don't think so, I mean, I honestly, I don't think so. Because I think that the rise of the mom and pop video game store, well, I think that there's been a lot stronger of a need for them. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like they might... It, it eventually go down that same way too because you've got eBay, you've got uh, Amazon, and it's going to be really hard to just compete in that, in that market. In that market, yeah, you're right. Because mom and pop stores now, since since retro collecting has become such a thing, and some of those games are very expensive, like those stores honestly almost do better than I would say GameStop does. Mm-hmm. Just by the sheer fact that there's such a nostalgia factor for the NES, for the SNES, things like that. I don't know. I mean, like with KB Toys, like I was saying, I don't really see how they could reemerge. Because now, like growing up, we got Legos, we got, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles action figures and all this shit. But you look at today's kids, I mean, a lot of their stuff is like iPad games and, yeah. and just a Tablets. lot of it's a lot of, yeah it's a tablet it's yeah. digital it's electronics which I suppose we had electronics in a sense too I mean remember what were they called the uh, was an LCD games Game and Watch oh the Tiger uh, Electronics yes, games yes the Tiger Electronics <laughs> games oh my god so in a weird way we had electronics <laughs> in a sense yeah but, so, I, but, but I think that what Toy Works is trying to do and this is what a lot of people are doing nowadays is that they are catering to that nostalgia crowd. They're thinking they're thinking that nostalgia is going to power them through whatever is going to come their way and that they're going to make it just based on that. Hey, I mean they're not wrong. I mean because what a lot of the kids that you know us who are now adults, we have the money to buy that shit. Yes we back do. in the day, do you remember spinges? Spinges. They were like, do you you know what Beyblades are, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. It was oh, like spinges. Yes. Spinges. Yes. Oh yes. yeah. Could you? Oh my god. Now that I I had one set of them growing up, I had two. I want more of them. <laughs> and now I have the resources to buy them. So it's like I I almost feel like retro. I, took, I do that all the time. Yeah. Retro <laughs> has a resurgence because the kids of old are now old enough to supply what they wanted in a way. You know what I mean? We yeah. have a means to buy the things that we always the, wanted. That we wanted as kids but couldn't afford. Yeah. Because yeah. even Tiger Electronics games almost like are, are weirdly making a comeback but they're not. I mean, they're not. Please don't. No, but you can... I mean, how many of those... Like, Nostalgics unite. Do not let that happen. <laughs> We're going to go back to the Atari before you know it. <laughs> I mean, just look at graphics. You have so many games that are mimicking that 8-bit style. Oh, yeah. Only now it's HD. It's HD 8-bit, if that makes any fucking sense. Yeah. Old Wisconsin sausage. Sorry, tangent. <laughs> I love their fucking summer sausage. I, I can cut this out. <laughs> I love Wisconsin, because only in Wisconsin can you see that. Yeah. Big bold letters. Old Wisconsin sausage. 
say? I got distracted by sausage. <laughs> um, everything is retro and 8-bit now. It's like that's what... Yeah, like the retro 8-bit style has yeah. made such a... Com- like, it really honestly, has. I would not be surprised if you started to see, like, Atari game graphics resurging. Well, honestly, I mean, that's what people were doing, like, uh, uh, homebrews of... Yeah. Like, I mean, you, you saw Halo 2600. Like, and, and Final Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy VII. For and, the NES. Uh, and for, uh, uh, what is it, like Shovel Knight really popularized that whole 8-bit. Yeah. That whole 8-bit style. I mean, uh, there was a game that came out called Pierce Solar. Mm-hmm. It was a game that actually, before it was put on the PS3 or 4, I don't remember which one. I think it was on both. You could actually buy a physical copy of it for a Dreamcast. They made oh, really? an actual Dreamcast disc, and I want to say even a Saturn disc, that you could play that was game it on. A, was that, that homebrew, though? It was a homebrew, okay. yeah. Oh, okay. It was, yeah. like, Watermelon Software, so I don't oh, remember gotcha. the name of the company, but gotcha. I actually have the digital version. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It, was, it didn't quite live up to my expectations, but that's fine. That's a story for a different day. <laughs> but there are so many games that are being released now that are actually for authentic hardware mm-hmm. that can be played on authentic hardware like like Genesis games and, and like NES games and shit it's, it's fucking crazy yeah I, I don't know it's I don't think anything could really or would even be willing no. to replace GameStop and I and I honestly I don't think that we are ever going to see a juggernaut or a titan of the video game industry quite like we saw with GameStop when we no. were growing up uh, there's just not going to be anything like it that could ever replace it it almost felt like a, like a, it was damn near a monopoly. Because, like I said, For a while. before eBay, before Amazon, before those things, like, where would you go other yeah, no. than GameStop? That was it. Yeah. yeah. You'd go to Funko Land, or you'd go to Electronics Boutique, or you'd go to Software, etc. That was, that was all, that was all you could do. Oh, man, sign of the times. Sign of the times. So, let us know what you think. Do you think, uh, how, what, what is your predictions for GameStop. Do you think that they're going to survive? Do you think that they're going to uh, see a demise in in the not-too-distant future? Or do you think that anything is going to take its place uh, if it does uh, meet its uh, untimely demise? Or do you think somehow, by some weird miracle, they rise from the ashes and become a juggernaut again? As if that's possible. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) But yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter. Go to PowerTripGaming.tv. It'll take you directly to the YouTube channel where you can watch all of our gaming videos and us blasting through the NES collection. Yes, and you can also listen to our other episodes of our PowerCast. Uh, either on iTunes, Stitcher, or other various podcasting platforms. So there you go. There you Another go. Another episode of the PTG PowerCast.